Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Believing God for big things. That's so important. Somebody, we were in the Holy Land and one of the families that was doing the tour with us was fairly new to James River and people are asking him, why do you go to that church? And she gave one of the great answers. She said, because they believe big and they pray big and they receive big. You know, that's a wonderful thing to be. That was somebody who had never heard David's message. It's a few years back. And that's what I want James River to be known as. We want to be people of big faith, of great faith. We want to be people who are not only believing for big things, we're praying for big things. We want to be people who experience the grace of God in such an extraordinary way, whether in the church or in our lives, that when people look at it, they say that could only be God. And this, you know, this whole idea of Joshua 10 is really, it's a powerful passage of scripture. And I think it's good for us to, and one of the reasons why I want to do this tonight is because I think it's really important, not just with this passage, but with any passage the Lord is taking us through to learn to pray God's word into our life and to apply it prayerfully to our life, to the, to the outworking of his will in our life and his supernatural purpose in our life. Amen? I think it's important that we don't move on too quick. That if there's a word from the Lord and you sense a grace on it, that you go back over your notes, that you do it during your prayer time, that you apply it in prayer that God might work and might bring those things that you heard under the anointing and the leading of the Holy Spirit into service, that those things might become a reality in your life for his glory and for your good. So what I want to do is I want to just briefly cover the three points remind you what they are, and then we're going we're gonna to believe God's going to do that. We're going to apply them in his presence to our life. Number one, believe God for big things. You remember Joshua and Israel are squaring off now against five kings. Joshua chapter 10, verse 5, these five Amorite kings combined their armies for a united attack. They moved all their troops into place and attacked Gibeon. Here's Joshua and his back's really against the wall and in many respects, this massive army is coming against him. And in that moment, Joshua faces a choice. He can either let fear overwhelm him or he can believe the God who told him from the get-go, be strong and courageous and believe God for big things. I don't know what you're going against or what you're up against tonight or what's coming against you, whether you're watching online, whether you're here in this room, but you're facing a battle, you feel like you're outnumbered, you feel like the odds are overwhelming, now is the time to believe God for big things in your life. We can believe him for big things because we know this, he's a big God, right? He created the universe. This is how big he is. So who is like me? Who holds a candle to me, says the holy? 
Look at the night skies. Who do you think made all this? Who marches this army of stars out each night, counts them off, calls each by name, so magnificent, so powerful, and never overlooks a single one? He numbers the stars and he calls them by name. That's massive. There's two trillion galaxies in known space. That doesn't include unknown space. And there's a hundred million stars in each galaxy. And our Milky Way, there's between 200 and 400 billion stars. And he spoke it into existence. He's a big God, right? The issue is never how big is our problem. The issue is always how big is our God. And when we know how big our God is, we won't be afraid to go to him for big things. He's not only big, he's good. I think that's so important. The psalmist says in Psalm 119 and verse 68, you are good and you do good. He is good. He, he is good in ways you and I can't begin to imagine. And he does good, and he delights in doing good. And you know what? A lot of times people get all caught up in different things they've heard about God, and, and they've been taught that God is indifferent, or God doesn't care, or God wouldn't notice them. He listened to this person, but not that person. No, he's a God who delights in doing the greatest good for the greatest number of people for the greatest period of time. He is good, incurably good, always good. He wants to do good in your situation. We can believe him for big things because he's good. He's big. He's good. But this is what's so amazing. He's personal. You know, a God big enough to speak galaxies into existence. Personal enough to know exactly where we're at in our life. Psalm 37, verse 23, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. This is the advantage to living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. I'm not talking about a life that's perfect. I'm talking about a life that says I'm going to honor God. To the best of my ability, I'm going to walk with God. When you're doing that, what happens is God's directing your steps all the time. When, when you choose, and if, if anybody chooses to go their own way, do their own thing, all of a sudden, you're missing out on some of the grace of the Lord that would steer your steps and would position you for his goodness in your life and keep you from some of the evil that befalls people. He's a personal God. How personal is he? He delights in every detail of our lives. I don't know about you, I got a lot of details. And he cares about all of them. We err if we think, well, he only cares about the big things. Listen, he is so powerful. There's nothing big, there's nothing little. He cares, he knows. He knows it equally, he knows it effortlessly. He knows, he knows where you're at. He knows all about you. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. He cares more about the things about you than you care about yourself. He's numbered the hairs on your head. You haven't even done that for yourself. So that tells you he's much more interested in you than you are. You can trust him for big things because he's a personal God. Second, there's a battle for big things. So we want to believe God for big things, but there's a battle. When, when you purpose 
to say, God, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to serve you and I'm going I'm to live for you, there's going to be battles along the way. There's going to be times you're going to feel overwhelmed. And God wants to go before us and God wants to help us. And there's times God fights for us in a way that doesn't require any fight from us. But my experience has been in most instances, God wants us to cooperate with him and he'll do the heavy lifting, but he expects us to do the lifting we can do. Joshua chapter 10, verse 7. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, left Gilgal and set out for Gibeon. And we read that and we think, hey, they all jumped into their armor-plated Humvees and took off. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is a 25-mile march under the cover of darkness, rising in elevation over that 25 miles of 4,000 feet, of difficult terrain, God was, gonna, God was gonna go before them and fight the battle in a way. His hailstones, you remember, gonna, are gonna wipe out more of the enemy soldiers than the Israelites will with their own instruments of war. So God's gonna fight, but they're gonna have to show up. You know, I found this to be true, and I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but there is great value in just showing up. I tell people at times, you got to be present to win. You know, how many people need a kidney? If you showed up, what would that be worth to you? I mean, I mean that's one example of a million. You're in the presence of the Lord. God is working in your life. God, you're giving time to him. I, I promise you, he's multiplying that back to you. You're here in the presence of the Lord. He's fighting battles for you. You have no idea. He is strengthening you in a way that will equip you not only tonight, but tomorrow morning and the next day and the next day and the next day. I'm just telling you, when you show up, when you show up and you say, I'm ready, I'm in and I'm on, that puts you halfway to winning the battle. So we fight. Paul talked a lot about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6, he said, fight the good fight of the faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and, and verse 7, he says, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Ephesians, for our battle. There is a battle. How do we battle? Well, I think there's a couple of things to think about. Believe what God says. Now, I want you to watch this. Look at it in verse 8 of Joshua 10. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. That is unbelievable. These are the Amorite kings. The Amorites have among them giants. He's saying, listen, I don't care who they put out there. There's not one person. Their best warriors aren't going to be able to stand up to you. That's an amazing statement. And, and God says, don't be afraid. Joshua has a choice in that moment. Is he going to believe what God says or not? That's the battle. You see, we can be in the presence of the Lord. God can speak to your heart. God, I believe, speaks to people's hearts all the time. He speaks through the word. He speaks through that still, small voice. 
He speaks through, sometimes it's a prophetic word of encouragement from somebody. God is speaking to you. The question is, at that point, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to believe it, or are you going to say, well, thanks, and then go on worrying? In the midst of our battle, the Lord is going to speak to our heart, and, and we battle for the Lord. We lift the shield of faith when we believe what he says. I was thinking of that, of that verse in Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. And it's such a great verse. Literally in the Greek, this is what it says, for nothing will be impossible with any rhema from God. That's, that, you say, what's rhema? Rhema is a, there's a logos word, which is a general word principle. There's a rhema word, which is a specific word. So when you get a specific word from God, within the word from God is the power to fulfill the word of God to you. That's what he, and I mean, in context of Mary, that's, you know, nothing's going to be impossible. God said it because he's the one who said it, Mary. It's going to happen. Because she's saying, how can this be? And the angel says, anytime you get a rhema from God, you don't have to worry about it. Nothing's going to be impossible. If you have a rhema from God, there's power in the word of God to fulfill the word of God in your life. So the issue for all of us is to say when God's speaking to us that we're going to believe the word of God, we're going to accept it, we're going to rest in it, we're going to trust in it, we're going to build our life around it. And then second, I think part of the battle is putting our faith in action. We don't just sit back and say, well, if God wants to do it, he's going to have to do it. No, we put our faith into action, believing he will help us, talking like he will help us. I think this is one of the biggest things where people lose the battle. They, they get a word from God, they're in the presence of God, and then they go out biting their finger, fingernails saying, well, I sure hope he'll help me. No, you're in the presence of the, of the Almighty, the King of the universe, the God for whom nothing is too difficult. He spoke to your heart. He set his hand on your life. You sensed his presence. That means he's with you. So when you walk out, instead of, I hope God will help me, you, what you say is, I was in the presence of the Lord. I know the Lord is with me, and greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, and I am more than a conqueror through, through him who loved me. I can, God's got this. And then, you know, as well, we're talking, we're believing, we're talking, we're, we're living it out, we're obeying the Lord. When you honor God, anytime we honor God, we're fighting that battle. We're standing firm. A lot of the battle is just Paul, when he talks about the, weapon of, the weapons of our warfare in Ephesians 6, and when you've done everything to stand, stand firm. There's a lot to be said for just holding your ground, right? For just saying, I'm not going to be moved. I'm trusting God. I'm believing God. God has got this, and I'm not going to run, and I'm not going to hide, and I'm not going to shrink back. I'm going to look forward and stand in faith and believe God is going to help me. And then I think there's another part of battling, too, but we're going to make this our third point, boldly praying for big things. I love this in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people. It's very, very, very interesting. You know, anybody can pray when no one's watching. This, this week I was in a business and there was somebody who's, who's been very sick from COVID. And there were people standing around, and, and I just said to the person, 
I, as they told me their situation, I said, well, I'd like to pray with you before I go. And they're, they're a part of the church. And um, so they said, great. And I said, you know, I wanted to be respectful of them because I wasn't sure exactly how, how they'd respond to this because there's a, a lot of people in the, in the room watching. And, and I said, you want to slip in your office? No, they all need to hear it too. So it's wonderful to be able to pray for healing for him in a room, in a business, with people around. There's something about, I mean, prayer is the ultimate game changer in anything you ever do. When you're out in the community, I'm just telling you, you can say to almost anybody, I know this to be true because I do it. Can I pray for you right now? I mean, they can be a committed atheist, and if they're in deep trouble, they're going to be like, well, it sure wouldn't hurt. And, you know, <laughs> people want prayer. People believe. Joshua's praying in front of Israel, but watch what he's praying. Let the sun stand still. And David talked, did a beautiful job of talking about, you know, the earth stopping and all of that fact of the matter is God made it a very long day. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. Is this event not recorded in the book of Jeshar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and it did not set as on a normal day. And then I love this. There has never been a day like this one before or since. And what that's, what that's saying to us it, it doesn't mean, well, it was a long day, because some of you are saying, I had one of those today. There's never been a day like that before or since. <laughs> if you went to work with me, you'd know what I'm saying. You know, I mean, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, this is what God is willing to do when people pray bold prayers. He's willing to do what's never been done before. I want you to think about that for just a moment. He's willing to do what's never been done before. What do you need in your life? He's willing to do what's never been done before. Are you facing a huge battle? He's willing to do what's never been done before. But what is it that brought about that? Joshua prayed in front of all Israel and said, Son, stand still. I'm sure there are people like, that'll never happen until it happened. We gotta be careful. We can't worry about what people think. We can't be more concerned about what the person next to us is thinking than we are about what God is thinking. We can't, we, we, at some point we gotta say, you know what, I'm, I'm in this to win it, and God is the way that happens. And I'm, I'm gonna believe him to do things, even if it's never been done before. He's the God of the impossible. And God is not offended by bold prayers. He's offended by anything less. By people praying tepid prayers because they think he couldn't do more. Listen, prayer and how we pray and what we pray has everything to do with what we experience in life. In that sense, prayer is, is very prophetic personally 
in our lives. Show me what you're praying and I'll tell you what your future is going to be. Because as sure as I'm standing here, we have a God who answers prayer. And, and Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. James says, you have not because you ask not. I mean, prayer is that powerful. What do you need God to do?